I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it, so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. I am here with Suzanne Powell, and this woman is incredible. Um, Six kids, six kids. She basically works only six months out of the year and continues to grow her business. When I met Suzanne back in 2019, she was at about 40 million uh, at the end of 2018. So when we met the beginning of 2019, and now she has over 100 million in her book of business, not to mention her whole practice in general has improved in so many ways around time, around uh, growth, around quality of clients, even getting paid for financial plans. So um, we're going to get into quite a few things. But there's there's some things that Suzanne is just great at. One is really honoring her time and only working six months out of the year while still growing the business and having more of a surge approach as apparently they've deemed it. Uh, another thing is, um, that, like I said, you're charging fees, which you didn't before we started talking. So that's cool that you actually you know, are getting paid what you're worth there. Um, you've done really well in the smart asset world where buying leads, cold leads, and being able to convert those into clients. Uh, and you mentioned one more thing. What was it? Remind me. Um, the smart asset leads my book. Oh, and you're a best-selling author. Uh, <laughs> yeah. duh. And she's a best-selling author. She actually worked with my husband, Trevor, um, and has a book called The Ultimate, Ultimate, I said that funny, The Ultimate Money Moves for Women Over 50. And she's not even 50, um, well under 50 ladies and possibly the one gentleman, Suzanne Powell. Okay, so tell us, uh, we got, had a lot of things there, but... Um, Let's start with like, I think lifestyle, because everybody wants to know how the heck can you grow a business? You've two and a half times your business in the last, whatever, four or three and a half, four years. Um, so how have you been able to do that while also taking time off? I know you have lots of kids, <laughs> your busy mom, and especially like during COVID time, like I remember when we connected during that time, you were like, it's crazy here. There's going to be dogs. There's going to be kids. There's going to be interruptions. There's going to be like all sorts of things but I still make it work. So tell us how you're able to have that lifestyle business where you're only working six months out of the year. Um, that's, a, I mean, that's a great question. So a couple of things that I implemented back when I was um, previously at my old firm, which was Chase and then Wells Fargo, uh, was the surge meetings, which back then it wasn't necessarily called surge meetings. So, you know, Chase had this thing where they wanted you to call all your clients for reviews on their birthday month and what was happening organically is a lot of my clients, November, December, January would cancel, reschedule, weather, they didn't want to get out, busy, holidays, whatever. So they were like pushing into February, March, interrupting the rest of my meetings. And the same thing was happening over the summer where I couldn't get a lot of my normal clients in. And so I actually approached my manager at that time and said, listen, you know, this anniversary birthday review isn't really working because um, I just want you to see people consistently have yeah. a reason to be in the office. And so I I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go this way. I'm going to do something different. And uh, and I implemented 
what is now a very popular term called surge meetings 11 years ago. Um, and so really I send an email out now, um, have a Calendly link. Basically my email went out September one that just said, Hey, it's time for your review. And so September, October, and we sort of push into November. The goal is to be done that week of Thanksgiving. Um, with all my client reviews and they get a whole hour and I follow an agenda. It's a pretty, you know, regimented process. And then I start back over March one with the same email that says, Hey, it's time for your spring review. Or the same people get to a review the year. I meet meet with them twice a year Mm -hmm. minimum. You know, sometimes I meet with some people quarterly if, if they are new or just kind of need more. Um, So the goal there is March, April and, and be done by Memorial day, which is end of May. Um, that works really well because it's tax time in March, April, and everyone wants to kind of meet with me anyway. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the year, a lot of times people need money for their property taxes, holiday shopping, whatever. So mm-hmm. I have found that it, it just is more efficient. They're scheduling, they're coming in, they're not canceling. And then essentially the other period of time, which is June, July, August, and then November, December, January, and, and part of February. Um, I'll see people, you know, if, if they're prospects, of course, and then if there's, you know, a death, a birth, a move, you know, bar just, mitzvah. yeah, ge- general <laughs> maintenance type issues, some tr- divorce, you know, that happens right. all year round. Um, so it's not like it, you're taking off those months. It's just really quiet. I'm never, I'm never in the office much those months. I don't think I step yeah, one day okay. in summer. If I, so I have assistance, of course. And so a majority of these things, a beneficiary changes because of the divorce, address changes, needing money, all of those things really get pinged onto my assistance to where it's not an in-person meeting, but it it's a, oh, they text me, they call me, they email me saying, oh, I got to do something. And then I forward it on. Mm-hmm. Um, so normally they're not converting to like urgent in-person meetings. Connie's taking care of everything. Um, so no, I'm, I'm really honestly, usually not here. In fact, I started coming in last week for my meetings after Labor Day and everyone was like, whoa, hey, how's it going? You know, like, like they hadn't <laughs> seen me. Now, so. Okay. So let me ask you this. So you said, well, well, let me back up. So when you're meeting and doing portfolio reviews, are you typically getting more business or referrals from those reviews? Like, is that actually money-making time? Because you're saying, well, I'm really only working mostly six months out of the year, but I know you're growing your business. I know you're still getting more ideal clients. I know, you know, things are happening in the business. And, and you said to me before we started recording, we we're talking about other podcasts. You're like, I don't really need help in marketing. I don't really need help in sales anymore. Like you kind of got that hammered out and like nailed, but during those times when you're meeting with clients portfolio reviews, is that money making times or is, is that happening during other parts of the year? Yeah, both. Um, so obviously I, I'm only, I also only prospect six months out of the year. So my smart asset leads that I've been doing since October of 18, I turn on and I turn off the same way that I and see. Is that clients. the same timeline when you're doing portfolio reviews? It is. Yeah. Okay. And so I just work marketing during those same times. So really, whether you're mm-hmm. meeting with clients and doing client reviews or whether you're doing smart asset lead marketing or whatever other marketing you're doing, those six months are the core, you know, where your core time when you're putting your foot on the gas, you're not just fulfilling on the business. You're also growing the business. Correct. 
and then the other times are like sparse, like you're working from home, but like, do you, let's just say it's July or it's December. I mean, if there's an urgent request or something, it's not like you're not going to answer your phone, but are you, because just be, I don't have an office. My, I mean, I have an office that's at my home. It's been at my home for over a decade. So I go to the office every single day, (coughs) excuse me, unless I'm, you know, not working, I wouldn't go into the office. And if I was on vacation or something, I'm really bad at like responding to things when I'm on vacation. Like I really tune out, like I'm really not good at, Oh, I'm, you know, working from beach. I can work from home, but cannot work from beach. So are you just kind of like you go into the office still at nine or 10 o'clock and you kind of do things or, or are you mostly just like, I'm doing things with my family. And then if something comes up, then I respond to it or, you know, I'll get back to them within 24 hours as financial advisors like to say, how does that I, look on the off months? So on my, on my website, which uh, is suzannepell.com, it says, you know, the financial advisor that answers your call. So what that means to me is when a client texts me and they hadn't emailed called Connie first, but they actually contact me and say, hey, I need money or da, 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 blah, 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 blah. I immediately reply. So even though I'm technically not in the office in a client facing meeting the six months out of that year, I am getting an occasional text message or email or outreach from somebody needing something. Now, Connie's been with me almost 10 years a lot of my clients have learned that they can call her first and they can email her and they actually sort of purposely protect my time and say, Hey, I didn't want to bother you with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just called Connie, but then they'll tell me that and I'll go, Oh, great. Cool. Hope you're having a great day. So there's a lot of messaging that goes back oh, and forth cool. in emails. If, if there's even, you know, an urgent thing, but urgent when clients are meeting with me regularly, and I'm already checking on them mm-hmm. and I already say, Hey, like in my reviews yesterday, I had seven, I have seven meetings in a row. You know, it's, it's an onslaught when I'm in surge mode. Yeah. And my first thing is how is your money? What's in your checking account? What's coming up between now and March when I see you, do I mm-hmm. need to push some money out? Should I place some trades today? Mm-hmm. How's your cash flow going? So I actually already manage proactive some of those things. I check their beneficiaries while I'm here and go, Hey, by the way, we still have your blah as such and such and such is contingent. Mm-hmm. Does this still work for you? So I'm trying my best to mitigate the need for an urgent month, you know, thing, but you know, water heaters break, air conditioners break, but right, I also right. want to make sure that they've got enough cash in their account to where they're not coming to me like they're down to their last $800. Right, right. Most of my clients are usually keeping, you know, 10, 20, 30 grand in the bank to where they usually aren't having to come to me for stuff. But okay. I, I do get back to them basically, right away. Are you going into the, like your home office or are you getting on your computer on those off months most of the time? Or it's just fully like you just, just whenever people call you, you do whatever. And then, so you're not working on marketing. You're not working on any prospecting, any like None. nothing. Whoa. So my clients are happy with me and I can't dictate to them when they send me somebody. And so they're, of course, you know, organically every other week or so I'm getting a text or a joint email or somebody saying, Hey, you know, Marianne's right. looking for services. She needs X and, and then I'll, I'll plug in. So 
But other sure, than that, yes. and then you like get in there, but like, other than that, there's like nothing for you to do. Like, you're just like, I got my yeah. surge months. I got three, it's basically three months here, three months there. And then you basically have six months off and you have over 110 million in your book of business, which I would imagine is somewhere uh, along the lines of a seven figure revenue stream here and working six months out of the year. I mean, yeah. That's pretty my, uh, sweet. My poster board that was my goals this year was it was to make two million. It, it's likely I'm going to make one million. Um, eventually, I want to get to two million. And every year, I'm usually adding you know ten to twenty million. And yes, it, it, to go back to your thing about clients, I ask about outside assets. Still, I'm still checking mm -hmm. on what they have in the savings. I'm making sure that the yield they're getting right now is good on that money whether they're at cap one or with me or some money market fund, I mm -hmm. don't care. Um, we talk about IULs. We talk about life insurance. If we have to, we'll talk about their annuities if they own them. Yeah. Um, so there's always some new money coming in. There's some money that can organically go out the door to the right. next vacation that they were planning for. But I, I do use that hour meeting with them to talk about the ancillary products and things that, yeah, yeah think they need my help with because the reality is is if if i'm not asking about it they're getting an email a letter a postcard and then they're going to someone else to get that information and so i do still remind them that these things i can do and so do you need me for them have you thought about doing any of this mm -hmm. just want to make sure because i don't like it when i get told hey i bought this fifty thousand dollar annuity with some money you didn't know about Right. Because this guy, you know, paid for our Ruth Chris dinner and I felt like I had to like that. That's never right, a great right. feeling for me. Reciprocity um, does work. So I, I do try to, I do try to manage specifically annuity and insurance stuff because I don't lead with that. I'm, I'm not commissioned. I'm a fiduciary. I don't lead with annuity sales. It's not a primary thing that I do. I really do it just as needed you know, with a client. And so I do, I do really bring that up and go, wait, have you thought about it? Have you heard about them? A lot of guys in this city are heavily, heavily marketing at this really cool castle and doing dinners. And mm -hmm. some of my clients do feel compelled to show up. Um, so I just always like to kind of nip it in the bud and go, right. hey, if you go to one of those things and you think you want to buy something like that, you come Run talk by to me, me first. Yeah, that's cool. Please. So um, I want to go into the smart asset stuff, but real quick. So you said that you get about 10 to 20 million additional assets under management per year. Is that mostly new clients or mostly from your book? All new. Well, All new. I mean, I'm sure it's, you know, 18 mo mo new and two okay, so book, you know. Right, so mostly new. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about smart asset. So you, I know when we started in 2019, like you were doing smart asset and, and you were already like before we started working together, like pretty good at it. Like you, you were, you were getting smart asset leads and you were converting them. And then a lot of other people, um, who were paying for smart asset leads that I would hear from, like weren't converting them and people complain about, Oh, these leads are horrible and doesn't really work. And, and this is not to promote smart asset. I think it's just like the concept of buying cold leads and any lead, you know, any, any place you're buying leads from, 
obviously you need to have a good source, but if you're purchasing leads, even if they say these are, I don't know if they say they're proprietary, or they say they're just going to one advisor, you only, if someone's going on the internet and they're, they're filling something out because they're curious about insurance or they're worried about their money or something, they might be filling out multiple things. So it's not that necessarily they're saying we're not, you know, we're not selling the leads to more than one person or giving the leads to more than one person, but we are. It's just that some people are looking multiple times. So there's usually competition in that area. So how have you been able to, one, even convert those leads, but then two, really optimize how you convert them? Like I know that was something we really talked about of like the cadence of, of following up and how you do that and then automating it. I know then you hired someone to help you like automate that. So talk a little bit about that so people who are buying leads because, you know, can actually utilize that strategy that is very effective if they do it right. Like what are some of the key components that have to be done properly so that they can convert those client or prospects into clients? Um, so my conversion rate's always been higher than smart assets average. They made that very apparent to me within six months of me being there. The first month I did smart asset, I was closing business and maybe it was October is a good month and the leads that were coming through were real. I don't know a lot about, about that. What I do find is there's some ebb and flow with specifically with smart asset. There's a month where I swear all 25 people must be made up and I get super frustrated and I'm talking to my account manager going, who are these people? Because the phone numbers aren't working. The emails come back. Like, I don't mm -hmm. believe that these were even real. And then there's months where everybody's texting me back and everyone's replying and everyone really needs help. And so I, I was thankfully paying for smart assets so quickly that I really never gave up. I just happened to get some really good leads. I think those first four to six weeks where it paid for itself. And so because it had already paid for itself, I said, I'm just going to keep going. And I yeah. math it out all the time because my lead flow is anywhere from three to 4,000 a month. Um, that's my budget. And um, I math, I math it out to make sure it's still paying for itself because they have increased their cost over time. And, and it's paid for itself to the point where I would never even have to get another lead for like 20 years and it mm. would still have paid for itself. Awesome. So I never get discouraged because it just happens that some weeks they're junk and some weeks they're good. And sometimes it's just one guy and he's great. And he has like, for instance, seriously, this happened to me uh, back in March. He had $33 million. And yeah. I just was like, wait, stop what? But he didn't end up being coming a client. I met with him. He didn't end up becoming a client. He has a ridiculous amount of money in a three times bull NASDAQ ETF, TECL, that he had like zero basis on. None of it's in IRAs. And I just looked at him. I said, Mike holy moly, we need to talk trust. We need to talk planning, but like, there's nothing I can do. I, I literally can't sell this one ticker that you have $18 million in. You only paid like 12 grand for like, you know, anyway, shocked. I was super shocked. Um, so you're saying he basically had a super low cost basis for something and made a shit ton of money on it where it was like, there's so little to do because him cashing out is just going to kill him tax wise. And so it wasn't that he was a jerk or didn't want your help. It was that literally there was not much anyone could do to improve a situation because it was so damn good. 
Yeah. And to be honest with the way he has some stuff structured early, early, early on, like he put like this mill in an LLC and now it's worth 13 and he put this mill in an LLC and now it's worth 13, one daughter, the other daughter, and they both own it. You you can't even hide the money from estate taxes at that point, like the way he's already structured stuff. Anyway, it it was a great hour of my time where I learned a lot from him and just in that, wow, like, wow, I've never met a guy who basically had no money and turned it into 33 million. Um, but I didn't end up closing him, whatever, mm-hmm. no big deal. A lot of them I do. And, and it was interesting for me. It's the most money I've ever met through a smart asset lead, but legitimately he was a smart asset lead. And I was just, mm-hmm. I was floored. So I set up an automation within that first year, because I am mostly in client meetings. When I'm getting a lead, I don't necessarily have time to drop the phone and, and pick, pick it up, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I can't be two places at once. So I set up a lead um, flow, like a lead flow and automation through uh, Slack and basically Ring Central, where huh. it pulls the f- information and there's a sequence of text messages and emails that go out immediately that says, hey, got your lead, you know, you know got, got your information. My name's Suzanne. We were a match. You know, when do you have time to talk? I don't touch a lead and haven't touched a lead on my own in like three years, unless I know from my uh, ring central that my text messages aren't going through. If I can tell they're not going through, meaning it's a landline, then I do have to actually pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. I used to drop a voicemail until they outlawed that. Um, and so on occasion, Usually about one every four leads, I do actually have to pick up the phone, dial the number and, and try to reach them. And most of the time it goes to some dialing voice. is like so time consuming. It's yeah, like, yeah. And, and a lot of people, even on their cell phones now, they're all going straight to voicemails because they have like the that block feature. Right. Do not disturb um, or do not yeah. call. Everything. Yeah. Right. So if I'm getting a, a text back or an email back, which so far this week, I've gotten two emails back from my emails. Um, then, then I have to start the dialogue. My automation turns off at that point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm always in every email and every text, driving them to my calendar link to schedule a 15 minute call. Um, on that 15 minute call, I just say, Hey, you know, John, nice, nice to meet you. Got some information. How can I help? And I just stopped talking. I learned mm-hmm. that from you. Like, I just, how can I help? Period. Funny that you learned from me to stop talking when I talk a lot, but it's true. In the sales process, you have to shut up. It's hard to do, but it, it works. Okay, cool. So, I mean, I think that all that, that's, there are huge golden nuggets right there already is that, first of all, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recap some of the things, unpack it a little bit, is that number one, consistency is everything. So it's very easy for any new marketing to give up early. And most people do that, whether it's seminars, whether it's Facebook ads. I know most advisors don't do Facebook ads, but some have tried whether it's LinkedIn marketing, whether it's smart asset leads, any of these things, it doesn't like you could get lucky. It sounds like you did where Suzanne, you know, you were able to in the first month recoup your money really quickly, which is probably unusual. And, and that way you got really lucky because that gave you the confidence to continue. But if you yeah. could borrow the confidence from Suzanne and just say, okay, well, just because I didn't make money the first month or the second month or the third month doesn't mean I'm not going to make money. Like I would give it a good six months, but you also have to know that you're good at conversions. See, I think this is the problem too with advisors is that 
many advisors think they're good at converting because they're really good at closing referrals, but referrals are already pretty much closed. Like they're referred to you. You got some, you know, third party saying you are awesome. And then they come to you and they're already ready to buy and you just pitch your, you know, crappy fact finder thing. And then you get the client. But when a lot of, a lot of advisors are like, well, now I want to be more intentional with my marketing and actually I'm willing to pay for it. I'm going to double down here. So now you pay for marketing, but you don't really know how to cold close leads. Then you might fall flat on your face even after six months. So you got to make sure you have a process to convert. Um, you got to make sure, you know, I, I know some for smart asset, you can choose like the asset level, but there's no real target marketing, right? It's not like you can say, I want this type of target, mm-hmm. right? It's just, yep. it's just based on what they think that they have money wise, right? Assets wise. Correct. And yeah. I only do the top two tiers and I use that FCC system. Like I literally print it off still with That's every prospect meeting. That's my system, by the way. That is period. (laughs) If you recall, the reason why I even plugged in you, even though I had been stalking you for a whole year was I had three really good leads right in a row. All of them happened to be engineers, which was my background Mm -hmm. when I was in college and need none of them convert, but engineers, engineers are notorious DIYers. They don't like paying fees. And yep. so what you told me on the phone that day was you were going to stop doing your planning for free. Cause that's what you do at Wells Fargo and JP Morgan mm-hmm. to get, gather assets. Cause you can't charge. You're like, you were going to create plans for a fee because they were never going to close Susie. They were never going to move their money. They were just trying to get what they could for free out of you. And you're going to start offering a packaging service to these people as a way to at least monetize your time. And, and that was life changing to me. Like I still, to this day do a plan every other month or so that nobody, there was no asset to move. Like I have this really big lady. She's like a C-suite at at, um, Ashland and millions of dollars in her 401k. She's only 50. Like there's no other outside asset. There was nothing else for me to do Mm -hmm. for her. And then when she paid me $5,500 for my plan, she was just so like legitimately grateful because nobody in this town really does the kind of planning and offers the packages that I offer. And, and anyway, so the conversions helped with the FCC because I was starting to turn into in those prospect meetings, a little bit of too much of a listener and maybe even like verging on family therapist. And I think I was losing some credibility. So the FCC really helped because I, keep creating the pain, sticking to the point, which is money, the money, Mm -hmm. the money. But then also having packaging, offering a second way to work with me was, was really imperative because there is some times where people want to plan and they just don't have any AUM to move. Um, It got so, it got so great. My smart asset is so amazing. And I, I was crushing the lead flow so much. Um, after I went to your last, the last FEM event in Tampa and some of my clients are moving down to Florida just for retirement. You know, they, they want to move down there. So they were in the villages, they're Naples, Leesburg, Clearwater, Sarasota, mostly Gulf side. I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually opened an office there by early 2020 and, and subsequently moved to a bigger office, a super fancy bougie office now, mm. um, that I've been there for like three years. So 
I actually do something really interesting with Smart Asset. When I know I'm not going to be in Florida, I take Lexington leads and then I'll email my manager about two weeks from when I'm headed to Florida. Um, and I'll turn on my, I'll turn off my Lexington leads and I'll turn on my villages leads. And, um, I don't go there during hurricane season, of course. So I don't, I don't start going until October. And when I'm in the villages though, I only meet with them on Saturdays and possibly Sunday morning. So there is a period of time specifically about four weeks in October where if I happen to be going to the villages, which is like every other week, I am essentially almost in the office seven days straight those weeks. Mm -hmm. So I'm Monday through Friday here. Right. Doing you're, my you're in your surge. But I mean, I think that's a lifestyle yep. choice. Like you said, it's like you're willing to work more during those times when, but then you get yes. six months off, which most people don't. So let me go back a couple of things. And then we'll, I want to just talk about your book real briefly before we say goodbye. So, um, one, I was saying consistency. So you got to just like commit to the marketing Two, you got to have a process. That's what you were talking about. I have something called the FCC sales system. So you're using FCC or you have a process to get to really uncover what their challenges are and what they want. And we have all system to that. So if you don't, otherwise you could be just blowing marketing dollars because if you don't have that and you can't convert cold leads, then you're definitely money could, it doesn't matter how consistent or persistent you are, it might not work. And then um, the, the third thing, well, you might've said second, um, was that, uh, da, 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 now I just forgot it. I had it in my head. What was the other thing you said? Um, this is my or brain fart about, oh, automation, sorry. So automation, so you are you basically set up a system that's automated and, and most advisors never do that. Like most advisors are still like in old school, old archaic models of, you know, like follow up where even for portfolio reviews, they don't even have a Calendly link. They're just like calling or having their team call um, or email to try to book these appointments. And it's a lot of chasing even clients, let alone prospects. And so if you know, well, prospects, they take multiple touches for you to get them to the table to have a conversation, then you set up the automation and you're also using something really innovative called text messaging, SMS, baby. Like it's not that innovative, but it's like, it's, it's again, the industries in the dark ages, most, some companies don't even allow text messages. So you might be listening right now and thinking, well, that's great, Suzanne, you're allowed to do that. I'm not, but there are things you could figure out. And I always say you have legs, you can always walk. There are independent firms out there, but you got to have systems in place for your marketing so that you can free up your time. Because if you're doing all that manually, like it's, it's, it's virtually impossible because you need enough touches and you need enough follow-up and you can't just keep picking up the phone. And it's also, you need multiple different, like multiple platforms, right? So there's SMS, there's email, there's phone call, like there's three right there. Right. And then you have options on your website as well. So that's awesome. So, um, let's talk real, uh, real briefly about your book. Uh, just tell them like, I guess why you decided to do a book, why was it so important and then how it's impacted your business? Um, I, I, you know, I don't know that I knew that I wanted to do a book until Trevor came to that femme and <laughs> said, you want to do a book. Um, it's a He's great, right. it's a great piece of collateral to create credibility. Of course, interviewing the women really at the beginning to try to get enough content and understand why I should even write the book. That was imperative to me. Um, ultimately though, I think what I was trying to do was write the type of book that none of my clients would have ever organically read because let's be honest, women in general don't traditionally, especially in this 60 to 70 year old client range, uh, love 
money books, I was like, okay, let's pretend for a second that they're never going to want to read this book. It's going to sit on their desk and they're just going to like go, ah, ah. Not only do I not really even like to read, but if I do read, I like fiction, you know, romance mm-hmm, novels mm-hmm. And, and the more traditional stuff. Um, so I actually wrote the book on purpose, even like made the character font bigger for women who may need bifocals so uh-huh. that they could actually read it. Um, Without the I bifocals? wrote it with them in mind, knowing that this was going to be a painful book for them to read if they even got through it. And That's so it, smart. Was, it was pretty, I want to say it was really basic, but the way I explain things is pretty basic. I don't want, I didn't talk alpha beta standard deviation and all these big jargony words like, you yeah. know, men love to talk about. It was dreaming big. It was cash flowing. It's side hustles. It's how to have your side hustle help you avoid taxes. It's um, even if you go into retirement, not really knowing what you want to do, let's try to map out what you want to do in summer mm. versus winter. You know, some of these clients are Florida, so they're all season pickleballers, but not everybody is in Florida. Some people are still in Lexington where there is a traditional winter and they, they get a little, um, you know, like seasonal depression. So anyways, it's a really good book, but at the end of every chapter, I even summarize the chapter. And at the end of the book, I even summarize the book. And I actually point that out to my people as I'm giving the book away or selling the books that, hey, look, like seriously, even if you don't even read it, can you just thumb to the back? <laughs> you know, like you're going to get something out of it. Um, even the summary yeah, Cliff nice. Notes version. Um, but so far, the feedback on the book is, Wow. It was way better than I was expecting. It was, it was actually good. And I was like, yeah. And I, I mean, still to this day, I sell, I, I mean, I sell three to five copies a day on Amazon. Really? Um, ebooks and physical books. Yeah. It's, it sells every day, which I love. Um, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And to be honest that's, with see, you, that probably has a lot to do with the title. Yeah. I haven't even really, so ideally, if I had more time and I was trying to not hog my summer, I would have put in a newspaper article in the villages because the villages is really cute golf cart community in Florida where they still have a traditional paper that everybody reads. It's really awesome. Mm-hmm. And I would have took a page out and I can still do this. Like mm-hmm. I can do this tomorrow if I wanted to. And I could give my book away and basically sign it to mm-hmm. do a lead, basically treat it like a lead magnet, which right. is my intention. My intention yeah. is still yeah. to do this because this book is not stale. It's, it's a bit evergreen. I, I didn't put anything that was too, mm-hmm. too time sensitive, like COVID topics or anything in right. it. Um, so there's so much I can still do with my book that I haven't even done. Yeah. My asset leads convert and I close like crazy that I, it's like, I don't even have to do that yet. But my goal, if I really did want to just bring on more women clients, which I love working with, that's like my avatar. Mm-hmm. I could do that. I just, and I keep thinking I'm gonna, and then months just get away from me and I don't. So anyway, yeah. you know, one thing I want to say about that- asset and my automation, one last thing was I actually just closed a one and a half million dollar guy out of state who was a smart asset lead from three years ago because- mm. I still have my automation drips even a year out. And I also send a Tuesday talk email that I put all those smart asset leads into mm-hmm. and they get that Tuesday talk unless they unsubscribe. So I was dripping on him, dripping on him, dripping on him, not really knowing that. And eventually he said, Hey, I'm retiring. I'm ready. 
And I was like, oh my God, where'd you come from? He said, I think I was a smart asset lean like three years ago when I went and left. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, you were. That's crazy. It pays for itself. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like you said you were stalking me for a year before you started working with me. I mean, people are paying attention if you keep putting content out there. And this is another thing financial advisors are really bad at is like continuing to drip on people. It's like all that most advisors do is they go to networking events and then three years later get a client going, oh, good thing I was at those networking events for three years. But like you could do all that automated without taking any of your time, like using your content, not just market content, but like what's going on in your life. And that's a whole other piece. But I think that's, you know, most people, the the majority of people actually don't convert. It's only 3% of the market that's actually ready looking for a financial advisor. So it's like most people aren't ready to convert. Then you put good messaging out there, you'll get the 7% open to it, maybe the 30% not thinking about it, maybe the 30% who don't think they're interested, but and then the 30% know they're not interested, you might not get. But like we talk about that and that was really fast, but like we talk about that and that's but that's what dripping does is like you continually market to people autom- you know, automatically in the masses so that you can continue to put your brand out there and eventually like when they're ready, they'll come back. Um, so one last thing about the book. So even though you haven't really done a lot to, you know, let's say be intentionally marketing it, obviously you did the pre-launch marketing with Trevor, of course, but, um, now that you have it, are you, you're getting people to buy it. Are you finding that you're getting people to convert to clients just by, by being an author, by having the credibility, like, have you noticed that it's easier to convert clients now that you have a book or there's something like whether they buy it or not, you having the book, has that helped you grow your business? It has. I I get a Zoom meeting usually once every other week from some, just some random woman. And inevitably, because she's using a very specific Calendly link, I know that she came from the book and they're like, not in this state. You know, one girl was in New York, one girl was in Texas. I had someone in Washington and it was from the book. So it's, it's converting, you know, it's, it's paid for itself at this point. You know, I know for sure. Um, But I really like it more for what potential it even still has that I haven't even used it. Yeah. You can keep using it. One of my friends, JJ Virgin was saying that, you know, don't even do a book unless you have a three year marketing plan. You know, it's just like three years of marketing and that could be pre, you know, pre launch, the actual launch, post launch, like you just continue, like you keep repurposing and repurposing and repurposing and repurposing. You know, she's, she's writing a new book called protein first and she's a New York times bestseller. So she's got like ton of credibility, but like, she's not launching it yet because there's all this preparation just around the marketing side. There's so much you can do with the book, which obviously you know, as you know, Trevor Crane, my husband does that. So, um, but this has been great. Thank you so much. There's a ton of insight. We can go on forever, but I think we both have appointments. So, um, we're going to say goodbye. Any last, last things to offer on your, your, your goodbye here? Um, I, I, I think just, you know, help people how you can. And I, I always hate to say this, but create a little gap, you know, <laughs> like, uh, people sometimes think they want you and then you just have to convince them that, that, that you're the one they want. You're the one, baby. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you next time on this special FEM series episodes. Bye-bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.